U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is in Kyiv. I'm here first and foremost to demonstrate our ongoing and determined support for Ukraine. Plus, 16 people killed during a daytime attack on a marketplace in eastern Ukraine. It was confirmed uh, by the local authorities as well as by President Zelensky himself. Uh, the main target of this Russian attack was the market in, in the very city center of the, of the city. And later in the program, we hear from the Romanian president, and we take a look at the Russia-North Korea relationship. Today is Wednesday, September 6th. From the Voice of America, this is Flashpoint Ukraine. Good evening, I'm Steve Karish in Washington. A developing story starting us off today. At least 16 people were killed on Wednesday in a Russian attack on the city of Konstantinivka in eastern Ukraine. We'll get more with Anna Chernikova shortly. We take a close look at the Russia-North Korea relationship in a few minutes. But now, in Ukraine, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken arrived in Kyiv on Wednesday following a night of heavy shelling in a gesture of support as Ukraine's counteroffensive against Russian forces grinds into its fourth month with only small but steady gains. I'm here first and foremost to demonstrate our ongoing and determined support for Ukraine as it deals with this aggression. Um, we've seen good progress in the counteroffensive, which is very heartening. We want to make sure that Ukraine has what it needs not only to succeed in the counteroffensive, but has what it needs for the long term to make sure that it has a strong deterrent, strong defense capacity, so that in the future, aggressions like this don't happen again. And we're also determined to continue to work with our partners as they build and rebuild a strong economy, a strong democracy, all of which is necessary to ensure that Ukraine not only survives, but it thrives in, in the future. And in that, Ukraine has a strong partner in the United States. And for me, uh, it's always a special pleasure to be with, again, not only my colleague, but my friend, Mitra Uh We've been working together around the world uh, in Rahman Corpus and around the clock. <laughs> so good to be here, my friend. Good. Thank you. During his two-day visit, Blinken is likely to announce a new package of U.S. assistance worth more than $1 billion, this according to senior State Department official. Meanwhile, in Moscow, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov says the United States' commitment to Ukraine is the problem. We have heard repeated statements that they intend to help Kyiv further as long as it is needed. In other words, they intend to support Ukraine further for as long as it takes, and to keep it, in fact, in a state of war and continue waging this war to the last Ukrainian, sparing no expense on it. That's how we perceive it. We know it. This won't affect how the special military operation is going. Влиять на ход специальной военной операции это не сможет. 
For more on Blinken's visit, I'm joined by VOA's senior diplomatic correspondent, Cindy Sane. This it strikes me as a bit dramatic because it, as I believe it is the first time that the Secretary of State is spending the night in Kiev as a very physical uh, demonstration of U.S. solidarity with Kiev and uh, a bit bold. Uh, the Secretary has been out uh, in public uh, throughout the day Wednesday. Um, going to uh, lay a wreath for the uh, Ukraine's fallen soldiers at a cemetery, uh, going to a church, attending um, Ukrainian First Lady's Summit on Mental Health. Uh, he went to the American Embassy and met with embassy staff. Uh, he's doing a roundtable on anti-corruption. And uh, then there is a planned joint news conference. So you couldn't get any more public and then uh, spending the night. And the visit happened just hours after uh, there were airstrikes, Russian airstrikes on Kiev. And uh, colleagues who are there heard lots of air raid sirens uh, overnight. And the Ukrainian military says that their uh, air defense forces destroyed 23 targets overnight. So the war is still mu- very much going on, but Blinken uh, giving a very physical gesture to demonstrate American support. Well, a-, a gesture I understand, but what sort of tangible results is he looking to get? Is there anything he needs to achieve substantively from Ukraine? Right. Well, uh, State Department officials were a bit reluctant uh, before the visit to give their assessment on how they think the Ukrainian counteroffensive is going against Russia, saying that that's one of the purposes of it is to uh, meet there on the ground to have extensive talks uh, with Ukrainian officials and to get their assessment on how the counteroffensive is going. Uh, Secretary Blinken did say that they, uh, the U.S. has seen some impressive progress in recent days on the counteroffensive, but to talk with them. And uh, Blinken also said ahead of meeting with the Ukrainian um, prime minister that um, a strong democracy and a strong economy are the difference between a Ukraine that survives, which it will, and a Ukraine that thrives, which it must. So there's also an emphasis on getting Ukraine prepared for the winter as far as energy needs and uh, also backing up uh, the economy so that Ukraine doesn't you know, have to service as much debt and uh, getting ahead of the UN General Assembly meeting in New York next week where the U.S. will be a big backer of Ukraine and a major uh, pusher of continued aid from other countries, coordinating things in advance of that meeting with Ukraine. Has there been any discussion of the new billion-dollar aid package from the U.S. to Ukraine? Yes, I'm sure that there has. Uh, We have not got that officially uh, announced as, as we're talking right now. But uh, there is going to be money for um, for anti-corruption efforts, which is interesting, uh, money for uh, energy, and of course, uh, as, as we've talked about, for defense. Cindy Sane is VOA's senior diplomatic correspondent. Cindy, thanks for your reporting on this issue. I appreciate your time today. My pleasure, Steve. Following a meeting with Ukrainian leadership, Secretary Blinken and Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba stopped at a local McDonald's for a snack. Kuleba explains. For those of you who don't know, <clears throat> I will tell you the story that we had one uh, in one of our phone calls. 
I mentioned to Senator Blinken that McDonald's left Ukraine and they're not coming back and it's a very bad message. First people lost jobs, suppliers lost contracts and I said life is coming back. I think it would be a very important message if McDonald's could come back as well. And uh, Sex said that he heard me and he, he will look hard at what can be done. A couple of days later, someone from my team came walked into my office and said, we have a request from the U.S. Embassy. They are asking whether the question about McDonald's that you raised was a private question, private request, or an official request. And I said, I'm not making any private requests. Whatsoever. Everything I sincerely believe that that's having McDonald's in, in the country is a message, is a message of confidence, is a message of trust. And this is how the, come, the comeback of McDonald's started in the phone conversation. And this is why we're here tonight. And, and our friends at McDonald's were very eager to be back in, in Ukraine, to be back in, in Kyiv. And um, we've been saying to each other since they're back, the next time I was in Kyiv, yes. we should... Uh, get a chance to stop by. I remember. Next meal is on me. That's what you said. They left the restaurant to go to the press conference, which sadly will happen after this program is produced. Be sure to tune in to Thursday's program for all the updates. As we heard on our previous show, there is a growing suspicion in Washington that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and Russian President Vladimir Putin will meet and further develop their arms trading relationship. For a closer look, here's Reuters' Lauren Anthony. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un seems set to meet with President Vladimir Putin on Russian soil. A U.S. national security official says they're expected to discuss potential arms deals. But what can we expect from the talks? The trip would be Kim's first visit abroad in over four years. He's expected to visit Russia's far eastern port city of Vladivostok by armoured train. It's likely to take almost a full day to travel over 600 miles across the border, taking account of the north's sometimes archaic rail network. Relations with Russia haven't always been as warm as they were during the height of the Soviet Union. But the country is now reaping clear benefits from Moscow's need for friends. Since Kim first met Putin in 2019, Russia has opposed new sanctions on North Korea, blocking a US-led push and publicly splitting the UN Security Council. North Korea expert at Seoul's Kukmin University, Andrei Lankov, thinks Kim wants to emphasize a sense of Russian backing. Kim Jong-un will try to get some kind of uh, economic assistance, politically motivated economic assistance from Russia. He Maybe he will get some promises, but I am i don't think he will get much of real stuff. Uh, because uh, for Russia, it's a rather marginal concern. So probably, uh, probably North Koreans should not expect to get much aid and assistance. But well, opportunity to make money by saying, sending the workers overseas and maybe some limited military cooperation. But what is important is a show. The most striking sign of recent deepening ties came in July, when Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu visited Pyongyang. He toured a weapons exhibit that included the North's banned ballistic missiles and saluted weapons as they rolled by during a parade. The war in Ukraine has likely strengthened recent ties between Russia and North Korea too, 
As Russia's isolation over the war has grown, analysts say it has seen increasing value in North Korea. Here's Patricia Lewis, the head of British think tank Chatham House's International Security Programme. What's, I think, very interesting from the perspective of um, the Russia's war against Ukraine is that Russia clearly is um, needing to offer something to North Korea um, to get ammunition. It's not just straightforward, just purchase. And I would say as well that what we have seen too is that they're not getting what they need from China, which I think is very interesting. North Korea has reciprocated Putin's most recent displays of support by backing Moscow after Russia invaded Ukraine. And this is not going to reflect well on North Korea, and they will pay a price for this. The U.S. accuses the North of providing arms to Russia, but it's unclear whether any deliveries have been made. Both countries deny those claims. The vast majority of North Korea's trade goes through China, but experts say Russia is a potentially important partner as well. Last year, Russia and North Korea restarted train travel for the first time since railway journeys were cut during the global health crisis. United Nations data also shows that Russia resumed oil exports to North Korea, the first such shipment reported since 2020. Moscow denies breaking UN sanctions, but Russian tankers have been accused of helping evade caps on exporting oil to North Korea. Russian officials have openly discussed working on political arrangements to employ thousands of North Korean labourers, despite UN resolutions that ban such practices. Russian officials and leaders in occupied regions of Ukraine have also hinted at having North Korean workers help rebuild war-torn areas. Lauren Anthony of Reuters reporting for us today. On Tuesday, the United States warned Kim Jong-un that his country would pay a price for supplying Russia with weapons. Diane To has that part of the story. Arms talks between Russia and North Korea are actively advancing. That's according to U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on Tuesday, after reports that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un plans to visit Russia. Sullivan also sent a stern warning against the possibility of supplying Moscow with arms for use in Ukraine. Providing weapons to Russia for use on the battlefield to attack grain silos and the heating infrastructure of major cities as we head into winter uh, to try to conquer territory that belongs to another sovereign nation. This is not going to reflect well on North Korea, and they will pay a price for this uh, in the international community. Sullivan told reporters the latest analysis showed Kim expects discussions about weapons to continue, including at leader level, perhaps even in person. The Kremlin said early on Tuesday it had nothing to say about statements by U.S. officials that Kim plans to travel to Russia this month to meet President Vladimir Putin for arms talks. If the trip happens, it would be Kim's first known visit abroad in more than four years and the first since the coronavirus pandemic. On Monday, Russia's defense minister Sergei Shoigu said the two countries are discussing the possibility of joint military exercises. Shoigu had visited Pyongyang in July to attend weapons displays that included North Korean ballistic missiles banned by the UN Security Council. At the Tuesday news briefing, Sullivan also took the chance to critique Russia's war efforts in Ukraine. I think it says a lot that Russia is having to turn to a country like North Korea to seek to bolster its defense capacity in a war that it expected would be over in a week, that in September of 2023, 
it is going to North Korea to get munitions to try to continue to grind out on the battlefield in Ukraine. He also pointed out the U.S. imposed targeted sanctions in mid-August to deter arms deals between North Korea and Russia and called on Pyongyang to stick to its public commitments to not supply weapons for a war that is killing Ukrainians. Reuters' Diane To reporting. You're listening to VOA's Flashpoint Ukraine. I'm Steve Karish. The Wagner Group is set to be declared as a terrorist organization by the British government. The Interior Ministry said on Wednesday, making it illegal to be a member or to support the group. Reuters' Fiona Jones reports. The Russian mercenary Wagner Group is to be prescribed as a terrorist organization by the British government, making it illegal to be a member or support the group. That's according to the Interior Ministry on Wednesday. In a statement, the ministry said a draft order due to be laid before Parliament will allow Wagner's assets to be categorized as terrorist property and seized. Britain's Interior Minister Suella Bravman said the group was violent and destructive and, quote, acted as a military tool of Vladimir Putin's Russia overseas. Bravman's statement declared Wagner a threat to global security and said that across Ukraine, the Middle East and Africa, Wagner has been involved in looting, torture and barbarous murders. After being asked to comment on the decision, the Kremlin said that the Wagner group did not exist from a legal point of view. The order is expected to come into force on September the 13th, after which it would be a criminal offence to belong to or promote the group, arrange or address its meetings and carry its logo in public. It will be punishable by up to 14 years in jail. In June this year, the Wagner Group launched a brief mutiny in Russia, which was condemned as treason by President Vladimir Putin. In late August, its boss, Yevgeny Prigozhin, and top lieutenants were killed in a plane crash. Britain sanctioned Prigozhin in 2020 and the Wagner Group as a whole in March 2022. And in July this year, sanctioned individuals and businesses with links to the group in the Central African Republic, Mali and Sudan. Fiona Jones of Reuters reporting for us. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is in Ukraine, plus more shelling in Odessa and in Kyiv. I'm joined by Anna Chernikova. Uh, yeah, so Mr. Blinken arrived uh, to Kyiv uh, on Wednesday morning, just a couple of hours uh, after the shelling, uh, after the shelling of Kyiv by Russian forces was over. Um, and uh, what we know for, for for the moment that he already had a meeting with Ukrainian Minister of Foreign Affairs as well as Ukrainian Prime Minister, uh, and he also visited uh, one of the cemeteries in Kyiv uh, to honor uh, those Ukrainian soldiers who gave their lives uh, on the battlefield uh, during this full scale invasion. Uh, of course, uh, excitement is quite high in Kyiv and uh, um, security um, level is also quite high. We don't have uh, exact publicly confirmed schedule of Mr. Blinking uh, in Ukraine due to security reasons, of course, but we know that he is staying, he will be staying uh, for two days, so it's uh, Wednesday and Thursday, uh, and he's he will have uh, a meeting with uh, President Zelensky later on. Now, Anna, leaving diplomacy aside, we understand there's a developing story from Ukraine's east, more shelling during the day while Secretary Blinken was in the country in Konstantinivka. Can you tell us what's going on there, please? 
yes, unfortunately, another tragic event uh, happened in Konstantinivka, uh, which is in Donetsk uh, region. It's pre-frontline uh, area, pre-frontline city, uh, quite a big city. Uh, and um, it was confirmed uh, by the local authorities as well as by President Zelensky himself. Uh, the main target of this Russian attack was the market in, in the very city center of the, of the city. Uh, for the moment, uh, we have confirmation about 20, at least 28 people injured and at least 16 people killed. Uh, unfortunately, these numbers could change because this tragic attack happened just around 20-30 minutes uh, before uh, we we started our conversation. So this is uh, quite a breaking news, uh, and we will keep our eye on it definitely because, uh, well, unfortunately, as I mentioned, uh, the rescue operation is in, in progress and these numbers uh, can really change uh, in a bad way. And this follows shelling last night in Kiev and Odessa. Can you give us a review of what happened? It was uh, quite a loud night for Kiev citizens and for Odessa region as well. In Odessa region, Russian forces attacked, uh, again, uh, shelled with the missiles. Uh, the port infrastructure, um, the port of Ismail, was a, was a target again. And in Kiev, it was just a very loud, uh, a very loud um, work of the air defense. Uh, no particular hits uh, in Kiev or Kiev region. However. In the Kiev region, there is one uh, enterprise building which was uh, hit with, by the debris. And we'll have to leave it there for today. Anna Chernikova in Kiev. Anna, as always, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Steve. Anna spoke of President Zelensky's announcement of the attack in Konstantinivka. Here's what he had to say. First of all, regarding another Russian act of terrorism in Donbass in the city of Konstantinivka, which happened today, it was a strike on a market, shops, and pharmacy. For those who have been there, and I visited Konstantinivka many times together with my team, for those who know the city and its layout, can clearly say that it was civil infrastructure and there is no military base anywhere near. We understand what they are doing. They did the same in the past. Whenever there is any positive offensive step by Ukrainian defense forces, Russians target civilians and civil infrastructure, wherever their missiles or artillery can reach. We know that area very well. We understand that they delivered a deliberate strike. As of now, according to the information I have, it won't probably be accurate because the operation is underway there. There are 16 dead and 20 wounded. That's Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Following up on a story we brought you on Tuesday, Klaus Johannes, the president of Romania, has addressed the controversy surrounding Russian attacks on the Danube River ports near Ukraine's border with Romania and possibly crossing into Romanian territory. Ukraine had said that Russian drones detonated on the territory of Romania, which is a NATO country. For their part, Romania has strongly denied that it had been hit. The president reiterated this on Tuesday. No, 
There was no peace, no drone, and no other part of any device that reached Romania. We have total control over our national space. We've checked absolutely everything so I can reassure the population there was nothing that reached Romania. However, there is speculation in Kyiv that this is not true, and NATO is trying to avoid escalating the conflict. And that'll do it for us today. Stay up to date with continuing coverage on Ukraine and news from around the world 24 hours a day. Visit us online at voanews.com, and on social media be sure to follow VOA News. On behalf of everyone at VOA, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Steve Karish. This is the voice of America. Washington, bam, 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 zip, D.C.